I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. I know that I have heard a play on the song, This Land is Your Land, by Woody Guthrie. If you don't know the origin of that song, there's your piece of trivia for the day. That was originally written in 1940. And the play on the lyrics goes something like, This land is your land, no wait, it's my land. And that served as the genesis for what I'm going to talk about in my podcast today, which is mainly, is peaceful coexistence with other species possible? I think I've probably talked maybe ad nauseum about how our own species has its own mountains to climb, wounds to heal, etc. over the last few podcasts. And as usual, there was something that came across my social media feed that was kind of the catalyst for moving to this place of talking about how how able are humans to share with not only members of our own species in both equity as well as equality, but how able are we to share with other species on the planet? And you may have seen memes before. I don't know when they were popular, and I'll have to see if I can find a link for when they became popular. The whole runs with scissors, doesn't play well with others, you know, things that you might kind of send to your coworker and kind of poke fun at them, et cetera, et cetera. I think there ought to be a meme for humans kind of at large as a species. And, you know, I know that you all, fabulous listeners of this podcast, may not perceive yourself to be in that space and may not, in fact, act that way. At the same time, I perceive that because of what's going on here on the planet where the human species is being so dramatically affected by this incredibly intelligent virus that has, what a surprise, only sought out 99.9% of the time the human species upon which to have impact I do think that if you are a member of that species, you are also part of owning that collective. That, of course, is the crux of the issue, that as humans, we're not comfortable with owning that shadow aspect of ourselves that, again, means individually as well as collectively. This may not be conscious on your part, but make no mistake, if you are part of this species, this is also an 
excellent time to hold up that mirror. And as we've talked before, just like on a bad hair day, say, how do I contribute on even an unconscious level, perhaps a conscious level, to the collective awareness that is currently, just as this virus is, plaguing, literally plaguing the rest of the members of my species. And I think the meme that would be applied to humans is that, no, we don't play well with others. We most definitely don't play (laughs) well with others. And I'll put some links in the podcast notes, and you guys know this. I'm sure you've seen them on your social media feeds as well. There was another issue of a woman getting trampled in Yellowstone by a bison. And I'll talk once we get through with these examples and how I think our perception of them and our collective perspective towards other species most definitely contributes in how we view them. And as well, it does get underneath the covers, if you will, into the collective unconsciousness. And I think that's where we start to form some of our biases and not playing well with others that may not come out consciously. I definitely think it forms part of our collective awareness. Another one was the girl in the bear video. I'm sure you all have seen that one as well. This group of individuals hiking in the mountains, and there's a video that it's hard for me to tell how far away that video was taken, but it's very clear that it looks like it was a youngish black bear that came up behind this individual, stood on his or her hind legs to get a good sniff. There was one point where she started to move away. The bear, of course, reached out quite quickly and used a fairly good-sized paw, as well as, I'm fairly certain, some pressure from claws, although the report said that she wasn't injured in this encounter, to pull her forward. To her credit, she did stand still. There was no running. There was no energy in that encounter like there would be in the bison encounter where, again, you got too close to the bison. The bison gave you two or three levels of, I'm going to stamp my feet, I'm going to lower my head, my tail's going to raise, and as bison can travel pretty fast, I'm going to make my way over to you pretty darn quick. The woman fell, she got trampled, etc. Back to the bear. And I think this video is probably like a minute or two long. This woman some people are saying to her credit was able to keep her wits about her first and foremost to avoid getting injured. That's very, very important. Number two, perhaps at least a little further down on my own personal list would be to take a selfie with the bear. And so it seems like there's a good number of people saying, wow, this is just amazing and good for her. And she took her, she kept her wits about her. And isn't that a wonderful thing? What a surprise I would probably not take that sort of stand because my mind goes to what would have happened if the bear had attacked her. Number one, she could have very easily been killed and killed quite quickly. There were other individuals with her. I don't know if anybody was armed with bear spray. I don't know if 
as they're walking on what looks to be a pretty open trail, whether they were uh, bells and were clapping their hands loudly and knew, as a matter of fact, they were hiking into bear territory. And this is not to cast aspersions on these individuals. Again, the bottom line is I'm very, very glad that she's safe. And I also want to look at it from the perspective of the bear, because what would have happened if this bear had attacked her? They were very clearly in that bear's territory. I don't know how quickly this bear came upon them. There are a couple of statements in the report to the link that I'll put into the podcast notes that said that the bear had been following them for a while. You see, that's the point where I get to where I say, I don't think humans necessarily play well with others. Because my bottom line is, if you are going to be taking yourself out into nature, which I absolutely believe everybody does, and if you are going to be in a place where there are other species and point in fact, other predatory species to you, I do think you need to have your wits about you. And I do think you need to make attempts to avoid contact with those other species whenever possible. And if necessary, make sure that you are armed with things like bear spray, loud noises, etc. that will, based on the species and their language of how they would be deterred from interactions with humans, because of course that's going to vary from species to species, that you take those steps. Why? Because we are the stewards on the planet. We are the ones who are supposedly in charge of caretaking of all the other species on the planet. And I don't think we're doing such a great job of it, quite frankly. And I know anybody who listens to this podcast, I would like to think that you would agree with me. And that's not really the point, whether you agree with me or not. The point is, are we as a collection and are we as a species doing whatever we can to make sure that we get to a point where we're sharing this land, this very earth and all of the earth with all the other species on the planet. And what really was one of the things that flew across my social media radar, there was a link about how scientists are now beginning to study other animals who likely were part of the, I would call it a cataclysmic interaction between human and animal and the virus that we've talked about before that exists actually perfectly well, thank you very much, within certain bodies in other species and is not shared between other species because, again, for whatever reason, they're They don't resonate with that virus. But now science is starting to say, well, wow, gosh, okay. So if this coronavirus became a zoonotic, meaning it jumped from animal to human, but gosh, what else is out there that we as a species, meaning human, need to be on the lookout for? And so, well, gosh, we don't know, but how are we going to figure that out? Oh, that's right. We're going to invade, 
the habitat of all these other species. And we're going to collect, in this case, in this particular link article that I'm going to post for you in the podcast notes, invade the habitat of X number species of bats, because gosh, well, you know, if there's one that exists out there, there's certainly going to be another one that exists out there. And for me, that's not playing well with others. For me, that's leaning into the fear part of the predator and prey aspect that is part of human DNA. There's really not any way to get around that. We have to lean into it. But we're leaning into the wrong part. We're leaning into the fear part. That, I think, hooks right immediately into a collective defensiveness and how that can lead us to places where we anticipate other responses from animals, as well as frame our interactions with them in a way that puts them squarely in the place of not acting appropriately. We see it all the time. We talk about, oh, this this bear attacked, a shark attacked, a bison attacked. In point of fact, It was humans invading the territory and the habitat of that species. And in that category, I actually probably would put specifically, and most especially here in the state of Colorado, we have X number of this year bear interactions. Again, all you have to do is Google on social media and you will see bears actually, yes, we can turn doorknobs. Yes, the bear kind of breaking through what looks to be a fairly substantial front door. The point remains is that our species has not maintained its numbers to equal in accordance with and perfect balance with all the other species on the planet. We haven't. We've outgrown what the earth herself can provide for us. And not only that, but what the earth can also sustain for all the other species. But with these scientists and invading the habitat of the bats, and I'm going to quote from the article, quote, this means studying not just the viruses, but also the animals, their environment, and the humans interact with them. And so it could very well be that in some remote part of the planet, which is where I think these scientists did in fact go, and they did in fact isolate a virus, But the deal is that the humans in that particular area are peacefully coexisting with the bats in that area. They are not invading the habitat of the bats, and they are not also bringing the bats into their territory, aka wet markets, in a way that are, in fact, crimes against other species on the planet. Quoting further from the article, it says, it's a simple idea that animal to human jump does not just happen. It requires close and continuing contact between animal carriers and potential human hosts. Therefore, catching animal-borne diseases requires understanding the health of the whole population, both human and animal. And I have to tell you, (laughs) it's at times like these that I feel like I'm that lone voice in the wilderness saying, why, oh, why, oh, why are we not looking at our actions? 
yes, there was a great big hue and cry with the World Health Organization and saying, gosh, you know, these wet markets and they can pretty much pinpoint that this is where this happened. And yet that kind of died down. And all of a sudden it's, well, you know, as humans, we're not really doing anything wrong. And I really think everything is pretty much okay. I know what let's do. Let's go ahead and capture these bats, these free-tailed bats that were living perfectly well. We're going to basically kill them, put them on dry ice. We're going to ship them back to our laboratories and we're going to find, surely we're going to find something that is causing peril to humans. I don't know about you all, but there are times, as I said, that I just want to like throw my hands up. This most definitely is a shadow time for humans on the planet. Make no mistake about that. And I've said before, I do think it's important that we have not only compassion for ourselves first and foremost, and for other members of our species who are being affected by this virus, but I would urge you, I would plead with you, I would encourage you, I would invite you, all those words, to not stop there. To think to yourself, well, okay, hmm. As we said before, when we study something, we definitely create an us and them. That's an automatic and an immediate adversarial relationship with other species on the planet that we're actually dependent upon for our own health and welfare, just like they are dependent upon us for their own health and welfare. Not surprisingly, I'm a firm believer in animal communication with collective consciousness of other species. It's easy enough to do. We connect with bat. We say to bat, bat, what would you tell us about the coronavirus? What would you say to humans who want to invade your territory? Their immediate response is, first of all, don't do that. And number two, how can we prevent this from happening? bat would immediately go to stop invading our habitat, stop stealing our habitat, and control your numbers better. And you see, that's the very point of heresy, right? That another human would say, well, yeah, with other humans, we really do need to control our numbers better. I do think that we have to look at that. Because it would be heresy for one human to say to another, you get to live and you get to live and guess what? You're the third one and you don't get to live. But you know what? That is the law of nature on this planet. Ask every single species. Does that mean that all of your young survive? No, it doesn't mean that all of our young survive. And they know that in order for their numbers to continue on the planet, they have ways of compensating for that loss. It is the duality of the planet that humans have so much difficulty with. And this may not be a very popular opinion or even thought. We're not going to find the answer in invading the territory of yet another species of bat and finding out what sort of virus is going to take down the almighty human, we are going to find the answer in how to sustainably live within our own species on this planet. And unless you just want to exit the planet and and transition out of your form, you're pretty much here by choice, by design, 
And there cannot be any coincidence in landing on a planet where we're dependent upon other species, and more importantly, we're dependent upon ourselves as members of this human experience to maintain this place in the best way possible for other species. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, the Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been the Animal's Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.